Welcome to another episode of the Tool Shed. It's been a while, but we are back. Uh, Ethan Morrison here alongside Tyler Gallo after he finishes his stuffed shell. Uh, Tyler, how are you doing on this? Um, we're recording this on a Tuesday night, so how are you doing on this Tuesday night? Doing well. That was a delicious stuffed shell, by the way. Um, but, you know, doing well. Obviously, it's been a bit tough for men's basketball lately, but you know what? Ready to get back into it. They're finally coming back home, and I'm excited to see them tomorrow night. Yeah, I mean, definitely a rough stretch for them. Um, currently 0-7 on the year. The last time we, you know, discussed the state of the team, that was after the Ohio game. They lost a tough one to Mount St. Mary's at home, blowing a 17-point lead. And, you know, it, it seemed like they were turning the page there, but there there were still some problems. But that second half just turned everything around, and you can really you could really see, you know, what they were dealing with in terms of um, – you know, how their defense was operating, how their shot selection was in that second half of that Mount St. Mary's game. And you saw that once again with Davidson as we're just going to quickly gloss over those two games because those were uh, two of the more um, distant games um, after the two Horizon League games over the past weekend. But, you know, same thing with the Davidson game. Um, some problems there. They played a very competitive first half. I mean, you saw some good things out of... Um, the offense as well as the defensive side, they looked a little bit better there, making Davidson forces up a, a, a lot of tough shots in that first half. But, you know, uh, second half adjustments for Davidson was just too much for Robert Morris to handle. They got ran out of the gym um, in that one. Davidson put up 53 points in that second half, and it, it was just not um, any uh, – Robert Morris could not get anything done in that game. Uh, still a lot of, you know, problems with, you know, turning over the ball. Um, you know, Rasheem Dunn is one of those guys that, you know, has had trouble at points this year of being able to control the ball. I mean, he's been able to get it done on that offensive side of the floor. He's kind of, you know, starting to find his score touch. I know you've touched on that before, yeah. uh, Tyler, but it was really, really tough going. and. It, they haven't really found. They didn't really find their identity through that first stretch of non-conference games. You know, slowly but surely, uh, Green Bay. You saw more of the same with shot selection. Didn't have a basket in those final nine minutes. Just looking at that Green Bay game because that was one of the more uh, recent games. They dropped that game seventy to fifty-eight. Um, Rasheem Dunn had seventeen points, led the team in scoring. There, Justin Winston was sixteen. Um, but you know. Defense. They came out in a zone which we've never really seen Andy Tool run at all in yeah. his in his ten or now it is eleven years here. So that was a different look, and it seemed like you know the wheels were starting to turn, things were starting to click there on the defensive end. It seemed like the zone was more better suited for this team there. I mean, what did you think about that Green Bay game and you know Robert Moore's performance? I mean, obviously um, that that first half and you know halfway through the second half wasn't too bad. There were a lot of things that were sloppy for Robert Morris, but they kept the game close until the end where they couldn't make a shot once again, where we've seen time and time again uh, leading up to that game. Yeah, I I was shocked that they lost that game because uh, they were keeping it very close to the half. They were pretty much shot for shot, um, you know, with Green Bay in that first half. They were um, playing, you know, well, and then all of a sudden the wheels came off again in the second half like we've seen so often this season. But this is also a team that's playing really deep Right now, um, they're missing several rotation guys. Akunzo's out. You know, Green has been out for almost three weeks now. I think it is. 
Um, so they got guys like Chase Cook and Tristan Jeffries having to come in and play off the bench. But again, with when Rasheem Dunn drops 17 and Justin Winston drops 16, you can't lose. That's a game that you absolutely cannot lose, especially when Green Bay, you know, I mean, yeah, you're at the Resch Center, you're at you're on the road, it's a long trip, stuff like that, but still, like they played pretty solid, a couple of turnovers, but you know, after Rasheem Dunn and Justin Winston, there really wasn't much other scoring on the team. No, and you're completely, you're completely right, and you know, that that's that was the problem, especially in that second half where, you know, you're only shooting 29 percent from the field, and that's just what you know was the dagger for them was, you know, they couldn't hit their shots in that second half. If they were to hit their shots in that second half, I mean, who, who would have known? I mean, the way the game was going, it, it seemed like it could have went either way um, depend, you know, with, with the outcome that happened, especially at the end of that first half when they were going back and forth trading baskets, especially into that uh, second half. Um, you know, but, I mean, once again, it's the inability to hit shots and the inability – to, you know, adjust to those, you know, adjustments that the other team is making. And, you know, that's been the story of Robert Morris basketball. I mean, you touched on the injuries that they've had to deal with. We saw a lot more of that on Saturday when they took on Milwaukee, who's had their fair share of struggles over the first couple of weeks of the season, losing uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr., the number four recruit in the nation. Um, they were one at six going into that Horizon League game. And, you know, for Robert Morris, you could kind of see them, you know, like I said, the wheels were starting to turn. They were finally starting to figure um, their stuff out, especially on that defensive side of the ball. Um, I, I, I was watching the game, and I was like, this is the most competitive I've seen this team play all year. They were intense on the defensive end of the ball. They were active with their hands. They were active contesting shots. Yes, there were some lapses, especially covering that corner um, in that second half of the game, but overall... The zone has worked very well for this team, and I think um, it, it, they've had a very successful go of things with that zone, especially in this Milwaukee game. Who you know they have a lot of great shooters on that team. Um, obviously, I mean Patrick Baldwin Jr. He put up 26 in that game, going six for six from beyond the arc. And you know a lot of those shots that he had, they were contested fairly well. But overall, I mean Patrick Baldwin Jr. led the way for them. Uh, Robert Morris lost that game. By eight, so slowly but surely, you're seeing this team finally, you know, hopefully starting to figure things out. Um, obviously, you got a game against Lancaster Bible that we're going to get into very, very shortly. But overall, what did you think of that team uh, of the team's performance on Saturday afternoon? It wasn't bad, and they led it half, which was good for them. And the zone, like you said, paid dividends in that game. But and they didn't shoot bad at all. They shot over forty percent overall, and they shot, you know. A solid, you know, 45.5% from three, especially 53.8% in the first half. But the biggest problem in that game was the rebounding. It's two consecutive games with just 28 rebounds for the team, nobody in double digits. And the offensive rebounds are completely stark right now in compar comparison to the, the defensive rebounds. This team is inside presence is rough. They only had five free throws in that game as well. So an eight offensive rebounds in that game and five in the Green Bay game is just not going to cut it, and that's where they lost the game. I mean, no, and that's been the storyline all year for this team was, you know, that front court is not the front court that, you know, I, I think a lot of people said they were going to struggle with with size. I didn't think so. I thought they had the pieces to, you know, be able to be physical and versatile down low. 
But, I mean, that, that just obviously isn't the case. I, I just don't think they're, you know, I think they have the pieces to be successful down low. But right now they're only getting contributions from uh, one or two guys. I mean, Khalil Spear has been very good on, on the boards. He's been very good. But you're not. You're just not getting that. I, I'm going to say I'm, you're not getting that effort from some some other guys that you would think you would be getting a lot more effort from down low. And I think that's what pays dividends. I mean, you touched on the injuries. Cam Ferris in that second half um, went of out because he got poked because he got poked in the eye. <laughs> I, that, that's, <laughs> like, that's what that's what they're dealing with right now. And he was four for seven from the field, four from six from beyond the arc. Fourteen points in fifteen minutes. That. Uh, you can't get any better from that than that, and you, you saw him coming in that Davidson game too, and he he was shooting the ball very very well. So that's the piece that you know you were kind of missing in those first couple of games, and then you see him come on, and you're like, oh my gosh, this guy he played well in his freshman year, but you can see the jump that he's taken in his sophomore campaign, and you see he's playing very very well. And you know if you're Robert Morris right now, you just need to be able to get healthy. Brandon Stone was out. Um, I believe, I believe his hand was wrapped up. I could see um, there on Saturday, as well as Jerron Williams, who had a low ankle injury in that game. So they're just not healthy. Injuries continue to plague this team, <laughs> and you know, Michael Green was out with an illness um, the past two, three weeks, like you said. So they just need to get healthy. Yeah, they're banged we, up. We we need to see, and everyone needs to see this team. You know. Play with a healthy rotation because right now, I think with losing fair and flavors, they were down to I think twelve or eleven guys without the injuries. I think they're down to like probably seven, eight guys now, and that hurts them. Especially, you know, we're, we're talking about them not being able to finish games. That's one of the reasons why yeah. they're not being able to. Finish. I mean, there's obviously other reasons why they're they're struggling to finish games, but that's one of them. Is they don't have they have a very thin rotation at the moment. And there's no signs of, you know, when guys are going to be healthy and be 100% because we, we've seen this before in the season. Guys would play, and then they would go out with one injury. It might, they might have re-aggravated it or a brand-new injury. And, you know, it's just been kind of, you know, one of the problems this year is nobody's been able to stay healthy. Yeah, this team has not had one game at full strength this season. Um, I don't even think – I think the closest game to that was uh, Davidson probably because they only had Green and Akunzo out. But even then before that, it was Stone and Ferris. When Chase Cook and Tristan Jeffries are playing meaningful minutes, and I don't mean to knock them at all because they made it here uh, from all places, but when they're getting meaningful minutes, yeah, they got some points. That shouldn't be happening at this point in the season. That should be games where you know, you're know you blowing them out or games where you don't need to have – you know, as many guys in, like your big guys, but Akunzo has been banged up since that Kentucky game. We saw him sort of get bowled over by his uh, high school buddy, uh, Oscar Shibwe, and then all of a sudden he sort of just looked like he was not the same player after that. Um, but this team has not been healthy all year. They've been out-rebounded because they're missing some of these guys like Stone. And really, you know, another problem in that game, six turnovers for Justin Winston, who dropped a an ugly 3-for-13 line overall in that one uh, against Milwaukee. Yeah, I mean, it seems like there's one guy every game that's, you know, turning the ball over a lot. And, you know, turnovers have not been Robert Morris's friend um, at all this year. And that's been, you know, one of the struggles that I've been harping on is that they have not 
been able to handle the ball cleanly, and that's what's killing them on that offensive side of the ball. That's one reason why they're struggling so mightily is because they're just turning over the ball. The assist-to-turnover ratio is at .9, and it's a little bit better than where we were at. Um, I'm thinking when I did the Morrison's Classroom video. A little <laughs> bit better than uh, before heading into conference play. They got a little bit better handling the ball. We saw that, but still some problems with that. But, you know, it's going to take some more time, um, especially with not having that full healthy rotation that you would think or you, you would think you would be accustomed to seizing at not seizing accustomed <laughs> to seeing uh, this early in the season. Well, yeah, and, you know, I am just going to applaud Rasheem Dunn for doing Yo- – and Enoch Cheeks for doing yeoman's work in that Milwaukee game. Both played almost the whole game um, for that team. And that gave 38 minutes for Rasheem Dunn, 37 for Enoch Cheeks, who probably shouldn't be playing 37 minutes most nights if you have a, if you have a healthy rotation. Um, but that's the issue, and you know, Rasheem Dunn playing 38 minutes drops 21 points. He's found his scoring touch. He needs to find the rest of his game, mm-hmm. the game that we saw so often, his, ferocious, his ferocity that he played with at St. John's. Definitely, definitely, definitely. But moving on, next game up on Robert Morris' slate. Like Tyler said, they're back home. They're facing off against Lancaster. I'm going to say it right because I know <laughs> – or my good friend Cameron would get mad at me if I didn't say it right. It's his hometown. Lancaster Bible College, the Chargers, Division Three school. They are currently 4-3 and three overall on the year. Just going over, they got two wins in the F&M tip-off tournament. Uh, I believe that's Franklin and Marshall College. Um, they hosted that tournament. That was in Lancaster. Actually, no. I guess Franklin and Marshall College is in Lancaster. <laughs> but uh, they got two wins there. Lancaster's bigger than you think. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they're, they're, it's massive. Um, and then they also um, lost to two local schools in the Pittsburgh area. Uh, Geneva College, which is in Beaver Falls, as well as Grove City College. Both of those games were in uh, Beaver Falls. I, th- I believe that was on the campus of Geneva. And then they played York which is uh, they lost 72, or 96 to 72 there. And then they just or then they uh, recently played Campbell on November 30th on the road. They're a Division one school losing 83 to 39. And then they just or oh, they played more games than I thought. They, play, <laughs> they played in the United East Conference. Um, this is so this is so weird for me to you know you know break down because we didn't really see this at all last year right with these Division three schools, but they played United East uh, in their United East Conference, they played their first two conference games, beating Morris Morrisville State College 98 to 60, 90, 96 to 83, and then Wells College 71 to 52. Now they get their date with Robert Morris University tomorrow, or that would be tonight, actually, when this podcast is going up at 7 o'clock at the UPMC Event Center. Um, just some leaders on this um, team. Uh, Jordan Shrewbridge is averaging. 13 points a game on four rebounds. Uh, I believe that was just in the one game against Campbell. So he had a very successful game against those fighting camels of the Big South. So a very good game for him. Um, I mean, I, I, I am going to ask you what your um, what your prediction is for this game. But, I mean, when you look at this what do you think? It's not all about getting the win here. Right. It's about, you know, being able to build off the things that Robert Morris was, strugg- was struggling on. 
and that would be the shot selection. That would be ball control. So what are you looking for Robert Morris to, you know, improve in this game, especially, you know, you got the two non-conference game or two conference games, excuse me, out of the way. Now you're back into non-conference play. What do they need to work on and improve going forward, especially starting in this game? Well, this is a completely perfect opportunity for them to get right, not only that, but also put on a clinic. And that is a game where you need, especially going into these tougher non-cons, when you're taking on teams like Bowling Green and St. Francis coming up. St. Francis, you know, played well against, I believe it was, uh, was it Duquesne the other night? Or they played some local school where they played them pretty well recently. Um, I am completely, it's completely blowing my mind right now. Um, but yeah, this is a game where RMU absolutely needs to figure it out. And this is one that can help them out because they're getting a game against Florida Gulf Coast. It's a quick turnaround. You know, they got a one day break and then they play Florida Gulf Coast. Who's not going to be a pushover on Friday. So yes, I'm looking for a score similar to that Campbell game that, um, Lancaster just played in maybe, you know, a little bit similar to point park, but maybe not as close. As it was as last year. Cause that was just a, ra- a weird weird time um but yeah like i said this is a game that they absolutely need to just figure things out yeah i mean i think definitely when you look at things here it's going to be i mean that defense you're going to need to continue to work on that and bring that same intensity yes i know you're playing against a lower tiered opponent and you can get away with things that you might not be able to get away with against the tougher non-conference schedule but like you said tyler this is the game where you need to improve upon and, you know, be able to get right, get that first win under your belt, you know, take a breath, breathe, and then moving on to this final stretch of non-conference games, which is going to be a difficult stretch for them, be able to play competitive basketball. And I think that just starts with, you know, being intense on the defensive end. We saw that against Milwaukee, but also, you know, being able to, excuse me, being able to, you know, continue that defensive pressure. I mean, like I said, I haven't really seen this team pull off an Andy Tool defense type performance. I, I speak about this, I think, every year. Andy Tool harps defense, defense, defense. Haven't seen any of that this year until these last two games where we started to finally see them figure stuff out on that defensive side of the ball. But definitely, defense is going to be crucial in this game. And, you know, play clean basketball. Because this is the game where you should be able to play clean basketball, take the right shots, be able to move the ball well and not turn the ball over. And, you know, leading into this last stretch of non-conference game, Oakland's been blowing every team out of the water. They just lost to Bowling Green tonight. So that's one of the last, that's the second to last non-conference game on the schedule. So that's going to be a tough, that's going to be tough sledding for Robert Morris at the moment. But, I mean, anything that you would like to add before we wrap up this episode of the Tool Shed? Um, I think that, you know, I, I don't want to bring this thought to mind, but if they lose this game, um, it's, it's going to mean, like, it's going to mean probably changes in the program and maybe a change for the name of this show. But um, I, I think it's absolutely a situation where um, they, they have to win. It's, it's, you don't want to say many games at this point of the season are must win, but most of them are. And this is one where, like we said, just get right. Get things, you know, get your recharge your batteries per se. That's a good way to play. Recharge your batteries, um, get guys in and get them confident in their game this season. Because there's been guys that have struggled and you know didn't have the best performances. Like Justin Winston's had a couple of rough ones. Rasheem Dunn, like you said, turning over the ball a little bit. This is a game where they really need to have. Definitely, definitely. Well, 
that will do it for this episode of the Tool Shed. Hoping we can get some more content out there for you guys. I know we'll probably do something tomorrow night. Um, and hopefully get an interview um, to you by the end of the week. Keeping my fingers crossed. It's supposed no, to happen tonight. No promises there. But <laughs> surely we're going to get some more content out there for you guys. So for Ethan Morrison and Tyler Gallo, thank you for listening to The Tool Shed. And we'll, we'll see you tomorrow night.